Wednesday to you and you and you and you. Uh, welcome, you guys. Welcome to Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entwee. We are doing all things after the 90 days. We're going to do some housekeeping real quick. Bottom of the screen shows you where you can support the show, support the show, support the show. We are exclusively on Patreon and YouTube now, so you can send super chats and super stickers if you feel so led to. Um, I have a special treat for you guys. I don't know if I should wait a couple of more minutes for uh, more people to jump on. Or if I should just uh, get the early bird gets the worm. Hey, Faith. Hey, Crystal. Um, hey, Michelle. Michelle is in the house. Everyone, welcome our new Patreon subscriber, Michelle Doty. Everyone say hey. So I guess, hey, geek girl, I guess what I'll do is I will show you the surprise that I have for you all. Um, so here we go. Hey guys, are you talking about David and Annie after the 90 days? Well, I hope you are because tonight on the Melanated Way, that's what's going to be talked about. Hope to see you there. I'm sure you guys are going to be kind of kind to us. Isn't that so sweet? So very sweet. I love David and Annie. So uh, just a special message from David as we talk about the premiere episode of After the 90 Days. They split it into two, right? So there's David and Annie and there's Lauren and Alexi. I personally really enjoyed the David and Annie. Lauren and Alexi were, was good too, but if I had to choose between the two... I just felt like Annie is made for TV because she's so funny. And some of the things that she says, she can absolutely only get away with. What was great about this as well, you guys, is I had forgotten a lot of their backstory. It's been so many years that I, or, or not forgotten, I just maybe haven't have thought about it, you know? So forgetting like David, you know, lost his home, pre-meeting Annie, lost his home, lost his car, had a stroke. I totally forgot about that. And then he moved to Thailand to restart his life. And that's when he uh, met Annie and he had lost a ton of weight, which, you know, I have a whole theory on that as well. Um, and, you know, they met and fell in love and it was happily ever after, but not so happily because we know there were a lot of bu bumps in those roads, a lot of bumps in those roads. Um, and so what's funny is Annie. So Annie's sitting to cat on the couch, right? And they're doing the to camera. And she's like, David, uh, he's not a hot man. He has no hair. He's short. He has a tummy. But what she does love about him is that he has a big heart and he's very smart. And I was like, only Annie could ever say that. But all true, he's got a big heart and he's very um, smart and he's very entrepreneurial and all of those things. And so you got you can see how they, they work. And she says, you know, they're best friends. They've never been apart for more than 12 hours. And you can see even with their social media, they do everything together. Um, and so after they met in Thailand, 10 days later, David knew that he wanted to marry her. And the thing is, if you guys remember from back then, he had to pay a dowry, 15,000 American dollars, which he did not have to his name and to Buffalo. And remember her parents were like, who is this American who's trifling? 
trifling and doesn't have anything. We don't really want our daughter to marry this loser. Remember all that, you guys? It was quite wild if you think of how far they've come. Um, so they end up getting married. If you guys remember, they had that traditional ceremony. They come to America and thinking everywhere in America is like Hollywood or Beverly Hills when it was absolutely not. Um, hey, Azel, you're kind of new. Welcome. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was super entertained by David and Annie. We'll talk about Lauren and Alexi later, but I, I hear what you're saying. So foreigners come to America and they think, oh my God, America, I'm going to see like uh, Melrose and Beverly Hills and mansions and everyone's rich and driving Mercedes and all the things when really that is absolutely not the case. And so their first few months, like Annie said, was a shit show. And you guys remember they were living in this storage closet. Then they were living in this empty firehouse and David's best friend and his wife, Nikki, were supporting them and constantly supporting them hand out over hand because David had no money. He had no place to live. He had this new bride and Annie was like, this is a shit show. And so Annie was super miserable. And at the same time, what I had forgotten you guys was remember that he has, David has a daughter and a son and the daughter is estranged at the time and was not having anything about it. And they showed a flashback when she threw that water in his face and she couldn't believe that he married this young woman or was an engaged to this young woman, all the things. Do you guys remember all that? There's so much that happened back then. And I don't know if you guys remember, remember her, his son, I think his son got shot or something happened to him a few years back. Um, so they've been through some things, you guys. They've been through some things, but they still got married despite having no support from the family, uh, really just the support from Nikki. And I can't think of the husband's name. If you guys can can remind me, that'd be great. Um, and that's it. And remember, Annie had like a $50 budget for her dress. All the things just went wrong. But like Annie said, not everything was perfect, but she's glad she stayed because she was thinking about not staying and just saying, screw all this. I'm out of here. Chris, that's right. Thank you, Dream Break. Chris and Nikki. Five years later, look where they are. They're one of the most beloved couples in the 90 Day franchise. They've had spinoff after spinoff after spinoff. They had that Facebook show, and now they have this spinoff. And so they're going to add to their family. They are bringing over Jordan and Amber. Jordan is her 14-year-old brother, and Amber is her 16-year-old cousin. They're going to come to America. They're going to go to school. They're going to learn English in the hopes that um, they get a great education in America and then they take it back to Thailand. Uh, they haven't been back to Thailand in two years, which makes sense because, you know, a lot of us haven't traveled since the pandemic started. And so, you know, this is going to be a big trip for them because not only are they traveling after a long time, but they're also coming back with two teenagers, y'all. Two teenagers, not one, but two. So they're leaving the house. They're all packed. They've got like a thousand pieces of luggage and David's having problems like maneuvering the luggage into the car. And Annie's like, sometimes a white guy is just an idiot. Only Annie is able to say that. Only Annie is able to say that. Hilarious. So 
Uh, he's struggling with the lu- luggage. Their friend Jeremy comes and picks them up. And I was trying to think, like, did you guys notice the headrest? I think they were in like an Alfa Romeo um, SUV. Anyone else peep that? I was like, who's Jeremy? What's his story? Anyhow, I digress. Um, Annie really misses home and uh, she can't wait to go back. They're going to have two nights in Bangkok and then they're going to go to her little village and see the rest of her family. Yes, I agree, Crystal. Annie has the one best one-liners, 100%. Um, and so two nights in Bangkok, then back to her little village to see her family. They're going to stay there for like a week uh, and then they're going to have a blessing party and a farewell for the two teenagers, Amber and Jordan. What we learn is that Annie used to help raise the two of them. And so when they come to America, David and Annie are going to be their guardians so they can finish school and, and just get stay in line with being in school because Jordan, who's 14, is getting into a little bit of trouble and they want to get him out of that situation because he's not only getting into some trouble, he's like not going to school, all of this stuff. And meanwhile, Amber is thriving. Apparently, she's a really great student and she's into sports and all of that stuff. So they want to make sure that these two can get all of the support and guidance and opportunity that's available to them. Because Annie says that, you know, had she been able to have that type of um, encouragement, her life might have been a little different. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So... um. Annie can't imagine them older. So she's thinking like five years ago, right? When they were 11 and maybe 13 or 10 and 12. But she can't imagine them teenagers now, right? And they're both teenagers. So Annie says this crazy thing that I'm just like, what? And you know, Annie, she's like super cute. And she's like talking in her broken English. And she's like, I can't imagine them older and pubic hair. And then David's like, what? Why would you mention your brother's pubic hair? And she's like, ah! I can't imagine it and starts laughing. Um, She's the first one out of her family to see the outside world meeting. She's the first one to travel. She's the first one to leave her little village. Even uh, Jordan and Amber haven't even gone to Bangkok, which, you know, is a few hours drive away from their little village. And so she wants to be the one that guides her, guides them opens the world to them, shows them the world, shows them education and all of that stuff. And she's like, you know, if I, when I was younger, had I some, had I had someone like myself to guide me, she's like, maybe, you know, I'd be working at NASA. You never know. (laughs) Not that that's funny, but it's funny. So uh, they talk about traveling. And one of the things you guys, I don't know if a lot of you guys have done a lot of traveling, but the long the long stretches, you really have to like get your your mind right. So they have five hours to New York, 14 hours to Dubai. Then they have a seven hour layover and then six hours to Bangkok, which is anyone that you've tra- traveled internationally, you know that there's always going to be some layover somewhere or a, a plane switch somewhere because of the hub cities, right? So especially if you're going like from the west to europe or to africa to asia you're gonna you're gonna go to through london or you're gonna go through amsterdam or whatever and that first stretch is always super long but they feed you filled free drinks (laughs) 
Thanks, Ashley. I always forget to say that wherever you're watching, you can hit that thumbs up. That would be great. That would be great. Thank you. Appreciate it. And Crystal says, yeah, especially if you're going from coast to coast. Yeah, it's 100% like buckle up. You're in for a long ride. I'll tell you the trick is to catch that red eye wherever you are on the West. You catch the red eye. You're already tired. You have a couple of glasses of wine, two or three, and then you knock out. And if it's, if you're still like, oh, like uncomfortable or whatever, and not quite settled, then you watch a movie and the movie's going to make you tired. You pass out. You, you sleep for at least six hours and that's like six hours, which is half your trip. You wake up, they feed you breakfast. Maybe you have a mimosa and boom, halfway done. I'm trying to tell you, I'm giving you all the tricks of the trade. Then if you have a layover, which, you know, if your plane aren't connecting, especially if you're going to like London, Heathrow Airport is a beast and the terminals are all over the place for no reason. Why am I taking a shuttle to the next terminal? Anyhow, find a cute little bar and have some drinks and then boom, it won't seem so far when you're shuttling yourself to the next terminal. If you're in Amsterdam, it's like a, uh, the, the airport is like a mini city. There's everything. And I swear to you that the airport is sponsored by Heineken because you can't go anywhere without Heineken signs and them wanting to give you Heineken every, all the time. And so I guess my trick is just like be drunk the whole time. <laughs> I'm totally just joking, but not really. Anyhow, uh, they make it to Bangkok. David's a little worried because uh, he has only a limit. He only speaks a little bit of Thai. And Annie doesn't care because Annie doesn't like it when he he speaks Thai because it annoys her. She's like, oh, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. Stop. It's so annoying. Um, she's like, do I sound like that? Oh, no, I don't sound like that. But when you talk, it's so annoying. Anyways, they get to Bangkok. And we meet Annie's best friend, Cindy, who is picking them up from the airport. They've been friends since middle school. Um, and so when I first saw Cindy, I was like, wait, wait, a, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. She's so sweet and bubbly, but she picked Annie up and like, did this 360 hug and I was like, wait a minute. Anyhow, we find out that Cindy was born a man, um, but she had the heart of a woman, a woman. And in Thailand, if you haven't been to Thailand, um, they call transgender lady boys. So don't come for me because that's what they actually call them in Thailand. Um, so that's her lady boyfriend, best friend. And uh, they've been friends since, young the young tender ages now what i didn't know about thailand was that they have 11 different sex types i wish she would have listed them because i knew i know about the lady boys i've seen them um and male female but like i didn't i didn't know that there's 11 others that you can list or identify as so that would be something that i would want to investigate research just so I knew that this, you know, so we're all inclusive. 
Kristen says, or rack up those miles and upgrade to business. Most seats lie flat. That that part too. Listen, we can do a whole show on the hacks of travel when we get to properly travel again. You know what I mean? Like it's not as fun now. Ask I don't know you. Stay over there. I'll stay over here. Back in the day, I'm totally. Let's just say there were a lot of first class flights back in the day. Anyhow, I digress again. Cindy, the best friend, um, is a hair and makeup artist, and um, they're going to have a big party, which they're calling the baby moon, which I think is kind of clever because it's their last night without having kids, so they're going to do it up. And so Annie wants Cindy to make her look hot as fuck. And again, only Annie can say all this. Because Annie, you know what it is, you guys? Annie is so sweet and cute looking. She has such a bubbly personality. And then when she talks, she's like so direct and, and cute crass. And it's so funny to me. It's so funny to me. Crystal, don't try. I am not even going to put the comment out. I'm not even, I'm not looking at that. It is not our group chat. We will not be calling Linda out anywhere at all. (laughs) Um, So Annie's getting her hair done um, at Cindy's salon. And she's worried. She's concerned, right? Because they think that's going to be hard because Annie has had no experience uh, having a child. And now she's going to have two um, teenagers. And so what's that going to look like? Although Annie did say early in the show that she helped raise these two. So I don't think that she doesn't have any experience. Maybe it's just a limited amount of experience, but you know what? Some people are just good with kids. And especially if it's your own family, it might take like a little bit of adjusting, but at the end of the day, I always say I'm the adult here. I might not act like the adult. I might not look like the adult, but I'm the adult here and you're, you're the child. And Teenagers are still children, as far as I'm concerned. 14 and 16, you're still, pfft, those are your formative years. You're still growing. Good night. Good night, Dasha. We'll see you in the replay. So while Annie is like questioning, like, can she do it? Because she talks about how they like to have loud, loud sex and how David likes to watch TV naked. They're going to have to switch some things up. And Cindy's like, yeah, all you have to do is build a soundproof room. Yeah. Okay. I have a couple of extra thousand dollars to build on top of our house a soundproof room. <laughs> or or Annie says we could probably just get them earplugs. So while Annie's getting her her sexy on for the party, um, the baby moon. Thank you so much, Dopey Dope. I appreciate you. David is going to do what David does best, he says. He is eating his way through Bangkok. And his favorite thing about Bangkok is the street food. He was having like pork balls, all the things. And he was living it up. And I got to tell you, you've been to Thailand. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. That It's funny, you guys, though, because I, there are only a couple of places. And I'm not talking about food trucks. That's a totally different experience. It's only a couple of places that I will eat street food. It's weird. It's weird. It's not everywhere. It's like a weird, it's, I'm a weirdo like that. How about you guys? 
do you guys eat street food when you're traveling? And are there favorite locations that you've had excellent street food? <laughs> Crystal said, bruh, I got really hungry watching him. So while he's eating his way through Bangkok, he's also thinking about the kids um, and the new culture, because it is a culture shock. Anyone that's not Anyone that's not from America, it really, it really is a culture shock. And I'm Canadian, and even coming to America was, was a culture shock for me. The portions are way bigger in everything: food bigger, drinks bigger. Um, people are more uh, assertive. All the things. So it's going to be a culture shock, and especially for these kids who have actually never even left their small little town. So, or village. So he's worried because, you know, Thai food is not going to be readily available. And if you remember when Annie came over, she was having a hard time adjusting because there was no food. Um... <laughs> because there's no food that she was used to. Y'all are wiling out in the live chat again today. Okay. I am going to put this shoe business to rest because I have gotten so many messages, so many messages, and even in the replay, so many comments about the shoe thing. I personally just didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know I learned something and I shared how I grew up and y'all were coming for me. You were coming for me like, oh, I wear, I wear shoes. I don't wear shoes. I'm this. First of all, it's not. It's just an immigrant versus American thing. And some Americans, as I've been told, do take their shoes off. <laughs> but I didn't realize that it was going to be a whole thing. And so I think that maybe we'll have like a fun 20-minute show and we can talk about like our different cultural etiquettes because clearly this was a hot button topic. You still shouldn't put your dirty ass shoes on the counter. You shouldn't put your dirty ass shoes in your bed. I don't I don't care if you walk around your house. Someone said you put rugs down and that's why you guys wear shoes. I'm just saying like, you don't know what you're dragging from outside. You don't know all the nasty thing. When I walk outside, I see people like spitting on the cement, peeing on the cement, um, you know, dogs are doing their business sometimes on the cement. You don't know what germs you're letting all of a sudden you're walking, tracking through your nice, clean, hardwood floors or wiping on your carpets. I'm just saying, like, maybe those outside shoes should stay outside. And then you put on your comfy, cozy slippers who only know your inside clean area because y'all are clean. And I'm just saying people outside, not a lot of them are, are clean. Some of them are really nasty and you're bringing their nasty germs into your house. Now I don't understand why we're having this conversation again, but we are, and we will continue to have it because I don't mind. And you guys can continue to come for me because I'm learning for you guys that, Hey, you know, it's the American way and I can't be mad at it. So I'm just saying, Okay, so the food thing, that's where we left off. So David, <laughs> Crystal said, oh, here she goes, moving on. Crystal's annoyed with me, you guys. Um, 
Okay, I have to stay out of the live chat. So it, they're worried about the food. And so he wants to make sure that they're going to be comfortable and have something to eat and all of that stuff. And Annie talks to Cameron because remember we met Annie, she, super young, and she wanted to have a baby. And now she's, she's not sure if she wants to have a baby now, which is really interesting to me. And David's like, well, you know, if that's something that you would want, I would have to get a vasectomy reversal. And Annie's like, your sperm has turned to a dinosaur. It's been too long. I died, you guys. I died of laughter. I had to pause because I was not expecting that from her. And it was hilarious. Uh, but they're both nervous to to bring the two kids over, Jordan and Amber, because, you know, they don't have pets right now. They've been living five years, just the two of them. Annie said that they don't even have plants. They have one plant and it's half dead. And so, like, how are they going to take care of two teenage people? Um, so they're nervous. And it's going to be a big adjustment for them. And I can't wait to, to see how it all pans out, you guys, because, woo, the brother already, I can tell you, it's going to be, it's going to be something. Uh, it's party night. So they're having drinks and they're partying. They're doing shot, 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 Anyways, they're doing that. And they are getting faded, you guys. Faded. Not tipsy, not drunk. Faded. And David, I look up on the screen and David has taken his shirt off. He's dancing topless with Cindy. There's like a pseudo grinding going on. I was like, oh, see, they're in Bangkok for sure. They're partying it up like there's no tomorrow um, and having a great time. And so Cindy was on the table too, dancing with David. The next morning, you can, t you know, you guys, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a good night when you wake up, you still have your clothes on, you cut your hair's a mess. You don't know what's happening. David is on one end. Annie's the only one that looks like she has any type of sense right now. And Cindy's on the floor cuddling one of those huge stuffed animals. Her eye, like her, um, lashes are all like crooked on her face it was a party you guys they they tore it up <laughs> they tore it up you guys they tore it up um <laughs> so everyone's hungover it's all a hot mess lashes everywhere falling out hair a mess clothes a mess clothes from the night before and he's like, okay, I'm going to quickly go get ready because we need to drive to my village to see my parents. And there was no way Cindy was making it. Like, no way at all. She's like, I'll see you in the village! And falls back on the floor to knock out, wanting to know what time she had to check out. Because you know those days, you guys, where you're like, I don't know what happened last night, but I need to call for a first thing I need to do when I open my eye is call for a late checkout and then go back to sleep. We've all been there, okay? And don't look at me like you haven't. We've all been there. So <clears throat> David and Annie finally are able to get it together. Um, and they're driving to uh, Buen Can to see her family. 
and on the way they're getting street food. And one of the things about the street food is the veg or fruits and vegetables. And there's one thing that she likes. It's like some fruit that she peels and she made like a vagina joke and she slurped on it. And then David slurped on it. And then David said, anytime Annie slurps, it, it turns them on. They were having a whole moment, you guys, a whole sexy moment between the two of them. So they get to Annie's village and Annie has a huge family. Mom has six brothers and sisters. The dad has 10 brothers and sisters. And then there's a bunch of like, you know, nieces and nephews and cousins and all the things. And David doesn't think she even knows how many relatives she has, but she has a huge family. And David says in Thai to the dad, I'm still chubby. And they all start laughing. And then we we see, which was so nice to see Sangat and Yut, which are Annie's parents from, because we haven't seen them since their first season, really. They look exactly the same. And, you know, they still, they're happy to see them again. And they hadn't seen them in a couple of years. But every time they go away, they still worry for David and Annie. But you can tell that they've relaxed because, you know, David and Annie have been together for like five years now. So obviously, and she's doing, they're thriving. You know, Annie has that online clothing business. She gets the clothes from Thailand and the beautiful dresses and all the stuff. So they're, you know, they're thriving in America. And so you're going to always worry about your baby, but you're always going to be happy that they're doing well. So, um, yeah, so they're happy. And then we meet Amber. And what we find out from Amber is Amber, David was the first foreigner that she's ever met. That's how limited their lives have been, how, how sheltered they've lived in this village, right? So you can imagine just even taking the drive into Bangkok and then the travel that we talked about, seven hours here, 14 hours here, another five hours there, and then coming to America, it's going to be a whole... Thing for both of them. David's the first person she's seen as a foreigner ever. She's 16. So um, I want to see what how that plays out because I think that that's going to be interesting to watch someone have that experience. Anyways, they all greet David and Annie and it's all great. It's all great. Except for Jordan, her 14-year-old brother. Nowhere to be found. And he knocks on the door and he's sleeping in the bed. She's like, hey, hey, hey. He won't wake up at all. David tries. He still won't wake up. Um, and she's offended. She's offended that he didn't wake up to greet her. And David's like, well, this is exactly what teenage life is going to be, especially with the boy. He's at that age. And, you know, the room smells like feet. He's going to be a little bit rebellious. All of those things. Hey, Christina. Hey. And we're going to have to learn to deal with it. And are we ready? What do you guys think? Let's take a quick poll. Do you think David and Annie are ready for the responsibility of not one, but two teenagers? Let me know what you think in the live chat. But overall, I loved it. I love seeing them back on the big screen. I thought that they were super entertaining. They did things and said things that just was like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. I can't believe David is dancing on the table, like shirtless. 
Annie's like dropping F-bombs left, right, and center, all of it. I just think it's hilarious. Geek Girl says, yes, David has kids. Exactly. So David had had two teenagers. He'd been there, done that. However, Geek Girl, he was estranged for the, from them for a while. So that might be a point of contention. So we'll see what happens. And Christina says, David has done it before. Um, and Linda says, hey, Linda. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, it will cramp their style, but they can handle it. Yeah, I think they're going to be fine. I think there's going to be some bumps in the road. But I, too, think that they're, they can handle it. Uh, Lori says, on the flip side, I think they think they're ready. They will have interesting challenges. David has an experience. Um, and Geek Girl adds, this will be a different, it will be different because there's a language barrier. Exactly. And then Christina took it there. No more loud sex for Annie. Anyways, you guys, I loved it. It was fantastic. Um, and I think what I will do, because there's a lot more people in the chat and you guys, pro or you can watch the replay. I don't know. Should I do it right now? I'll do it right now one more time. I will just play the really cute message that was exclusively for you guys in the Melanated Way. I'll go ahead and play it one more time for you guys. Hey guys, are you talking about David and Annie after the 90 days? Well, I hope you are because tonight on the Melanated Way, that's what's going to be talked about. Hope to see you there. I'm sure you guys are going to be kind of kind to us. So were we kind? I think we were kind of kind, right? We were kind of kind to them overall. Overall speaking, it's David and Annie. It's hard not to be kind to them. The next part was uh, Lauren and Alexi, uh, season one, episode one, two under two. Now, I know they're fan favorites, and I know everyone loves them. I love them too. But if I had to compare my two viewing experiences, I had a lot more fun with David and Annie than I did with Lauren and Alexi. What I thought was great is to get all the updates of their lives and some of the challenges and all of that stuff. But I'm going to be honest, you guys, it was a little bit boring to me. Sorry. Anyways, they're, they're, it was nice to get their backstory again because I completely forgot that she, was, she went to Israel on her birthright trip. He was her medic. They were going to, they were like in hookup mode. It was definitely not love at first sight. It was more like, we're going to hook up, we're going to hook up. And then all of a sudden the hookup became a 1.5 year long distance relationship. <clears throat> My hearts, I know I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm the worst. Uh, midwife Crystal said they shed some real life, uh, shed they shed on some real life things. David and Annie were more entertaining. I mean, they did. They did. Okay. They did. Anyhow, their hookup became a one and a half year long distance relationship. Then they fell in love. They applied for the K-1 visa. And then Alexi came from Israel. And I forgot that they lived with Lauren's parents. I forgot that, you guys. And I actually even forgot the parents look like is that crazy or what because i remember 
um, Annie's parents completely. And, you know, I've been watching the show since day one. So I was just like, oh, that's right. I had just totally forgotten about them. I don't know why. Anyways, they almost didn't get married because um, Lauren had a bachelorette party and there was like a na naked dancer, lap dance situation. And Alexi felt super disrespected and he was going to leave her, if you guys remember that. And he ended up not leaving. They ended up getting married, which I think that for sure, being on 90 Day Fiance and having it all filmed probably helped him not to leave, right? Four years later, um, she got pregnant. And now they have Baby Shy, who's one. And we already know in real time they have two babies. But Baby Shy, while they were filming last year... Um, who's one year, who was one years old. And Lauren talks about how, you know, parenting is a full-time job and <clears throat> she's pregnant with baby number two while they're filming. And then Jewish tradition, um, also an African tradition, which is quite interesting to me too, but you don't reveal the name till the baby's born. Um, and so they're calling him Bhutan, which means button, I believe. until you know the baby's born and that whole thing so she's pregnant and she's kind of dealing with like pregnancy number two yeah that's so true dream big two different storylines one with older kids one with younger kids um the title for david and annie was plus two and the title for this one was two under two so i think they're trying to have like parallel situations go on so that that's a really good obs observation dream big um, Crystal says, I thought both episodes were a breath of fresh air. It's always nice to see the OG couples who did it for the right reasons. It's really hard to tell who is who these days. Yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, you guys. I did not not like this episode. I just liked the David and Annie episode better. That's all. I just thought it was more entertaining and that's what I watch these shows for is to be entertained. Anyhow, um, Alex talks about how he basically wants to have four kids in total. Uh, they want to continue to kind of have babies until they have a baby girl, but he makes boys. And Lauren's okay with that because she likes being a, a boy mom. And her biggest concern right now is having two kids under two. And Alex has no issue with it. He doesn't think it's a big deal. He doesn't think parenting is hard right now because they're little. So like what's to do? All you have to do is like pick them up and feed them and bathe them and clean them. And, you know, that's it. He doesn't think it's a big deal where Lauren obviously thinks it's a bigger deal than that. <laughs> um. And he's not worried because he said, you know, in the hospital, when they had the first baby, he saw a lot in the, that whole birthing thing and birthing and the pooping and the whole thing. He's like, I've seen it all. I am not worried. We got this. We got this. So they have a doctor's visit. They're visiting Dr. Santos because she has preeclampsia, which is high blood pressure related to pregnancy. And she's six months along. She also has TAC, which I'm not really completely sure that I understand. All I know is it's a ring that she had inserted in her, inserted in her cervix um, to stop the baby from coming too early. 
So because she has has that, she has to have a C-section. And so not only was she seeing Dr. Santos for a checkup and her uh, preeclampsia, she was also scheduling her C-section. And they're hoping that the baby doesn't come early because baby Shy came early and he was in the NICU and it was very stressful time for them. And so she's worried that uh, baby number two uh, will be in the NICU as well, which, you know, she already had the baby and we already know that that happens. So, but he's fine. Then her parents come over. Brian and Marlene, um, apparently they come over every week. They live an hour away. That was interesting, right? So the the in-laws come over every every week. But Lauren and her mom, even though she's like, I love my mom, I love my mom, I love my mom. Even though she said all that, um, she can only handle her mom for three hours at a time, which was a, like a little bit of an inside peek to their relationship, right? Uh, so they have a time limit. So even though they come over, they don't stay for very long periods of time, which is going to be an issue because Alex is going to Israel for his cousin's wedding. And he's going without his family, which was the main issue of this episode. So Alex is not home. Her parents, Brian and Marlene, come over and she tells them that the trip to Israel is back on. And at first they were going to go as a family, but then the wedding kept getting changed. The date's getting changed. And then COVID hit, obviously. And now she's further along, so she can't go. But Alex wants to go to be there for her, his cousin. And the dad is like, I'm concerned. Your husband is leaving a pregnant woman and a 14-month-old. And that is just not okay. It's selfish and immature. Um, and Lauren is worried that she's going to be by herself, pregnant and with her baby um, for eight days, because that's how many days he's going for, for eight days. And she won't have any like support. And she hasn't been away from him for that long, for the six, since they've been together for the last six years. And so her other thing that she's worried about is that if you guys remember, she has Tourette syndrome, uh, which is the involuntary movements and sounds. And she said that stress um, of balancing it all and pregnancy and all of that stuff, it does, and even talking about it um, can bring it on for her. So she's worried that in addition to all of that, the stress of just being quote unquote, a single mom for eight days is going to be too much for her. And then meanwhile, Alex is going to be on vacation and she is also not super impressed that he wants to go and go a couple of days early so that he can have the weekend and party and live it up and act like he has no responsibility. She's kind of envious about that because she will never, she says, be able to do that ever. Like just be, I am going to not be a parent for a week. She's like, that, that can't happen. So I'm kind of envious. And I think she's a little bit jealous and a little bit worried that he's going to get into, you know, single party mode when he should be in dad mode. So that all happened. And so the parents said what they said, and then they left. And then it was date night with their friends who are now family, Sal and Jamie. And they've kind of, I noticed this a lot, like when people start having babies 
and they're couples and you start meeting other couples that are kind of going through the same thing with you. And then you totally bond and you become family. And so instead of like when you were single and mingling, you were out partying, clubs, dinner, all the stuff. And, you know, as a parent, you have kids. So you bring kids over to one house or to the other house and then maybe you make dinner and you drink wine and you commiserate and have some adult time, adult conversations, which is what uh, Sal and Jamie are for them. So they went over for their date night, which was uh, wine and catching up. Um, so we meet Jamie and Sal and they're just talking about having a second baby, right? So they both have sec or are about to have second and the one has a second, um, Jamie has a second and talking about just like parenting style. Lauren says that she wants to maybe hire a doula because after she has a C-section, it's going to be a little bit harder for her, she thinks. And so she wants to have that postpartum help, extra help. And Alex is like, a who? A what? Did you just Google that word? What is a doula? And he finds like, oh, so it's basically just a babysitter. Oh, Alex. And we also learn in this episode that Alex is very old school traditional where the wife is the wife and the wife in his words has quote unquote lady duties. Um, and so he expects a lot from Lauren. He was raised a specific way and he's kind of brought that into the marriage. And, you know, I always say that you have to be, you have to have those conversations and obviously she's okay with that or she wouldn't have gotten to this relationship. Right. So There are, you know, just have the conversation. If you guys are both on the same page, then however your marriage works is is how your marriage works. I don't think there's one right way for anybody. Um, so Lauren, they get back home. Lauren starts crying because, you know, he's going to be leaving the next day and she's hormonal and she thinks that he's just going to be out there partying, uh, drinking that, what he said when he left. Uh, Sal and Jamie's house, the uncle juice. <laughs> the uncle juice is hilarious. Um, and she just doesn't want that to be the case. And so she's uh, crying and he feels like she's crying and guilt tripping him. So he wants her to just be okay. It's going to be okay. Be a strong mom. You can do this. He's encouraging her because he also doesn't want to feel like he's being guilt tripped because that's how he's taking it. So my my take on it was she's just hormonal. She's six months pregnant. So it is her hormones that are making her her upset right now. Plus, she's probably has a little bit of nervousness. She's never done this by herself. And she's gonna feel like she's by herself right now. So I think that it's like she he's gotta give her a little bit of slack too, right? Like she's pregnant with your baby. Um, but his side is, you know, when he goes back home, uh, it connects him. He gets reconnected with his family. It gives him life. It makes him happy. He recharges and it just makes him a better person for when he comes home, which I absolutely understand that, especially when you live far away from your family. The good thing is Lauren has her family, you know, an hour away that they can just drive and be there anytime. But when you are away from your family, oh, Christina, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, but when you're far, like for me, like I'm far from my family, you you can only do so many Zooms and FaceTimes before you don't feel connected. And especially throwing the pandemic where you couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, he wants to go home and, and just kind of 
reconnect with his family. So I kind of see both sides of it. You know what I mean? Crystal says, I'm sure she's overwhelmed. She's also been very open about her mental health struggles. It's a lot. There you go. So, you know, it's it's partner life. It is marriage life. It is all those things. And, you know, it's about relationships at the end of the day. Right? Relationships are work. And it's communication. It's openness and it's allowing yourself to be vulnerable, all of those things. And so, yeah, now that I've talked to you guys about it, I get it. So David and Annie for me, is going to be more like, Oh my God, it's so funny. And it's like so entertaining. And Lauren and Alexi is going to be more about the intricacies of relationships, which, and both are good. So yeah, I did like both of them. Now that I've talked it out with you guys. Um, Dream Big said, I drove myself to the hospital when I was in labor with my youngest. You see, listen, women are so strong, so strong, so strong. Love it. That's the show, you guys. Um, tomorrow I will be doing the single life, and Friday will be news and gossip. And there was a lot of news and a lot of gossip. I think I say that every week because every week there's so much news and gossip. Like every single week. Every week. No holidays. No days off, they say. No days off. Anyways, you guys have an amazing night. Thank you so much for joining me. Make sure you hit that thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe if you're new. And I'll see you guys all same time, same place. Tomorrow, tomorrow. That's all I got. Bye for now.